So Adam Rittenberg, when Deion Sanders showed up in Boulder, Colorado to take over a team that went 1-11 last season, there were some skeptics. There were some who did not quite believe that the success he experienced at Jackson State would translate into the Power Five. Deion Sanders going shoulder to shoulder at Boulder to restore the glory there at Folsom Field. What do you make of the move? You're going to watch and see whether he can win the game or not, which very few people think he can. They're going to be feasting on Colorado to prove their point that Deion's not a real coach. And then they go on the road to play TCU, a team that was in the national championship game earlier in the year, and they win 45-42. And that'll do it. And in the Lone Star State, there is no star that shines brighter than Dion Coach Prime Sanders. He has shown the college football world that all of his predictions are on point as Colorado knocks off number 17 TCU in his debut. When it was over, uh, Dion had something to say. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold no. Do you believe that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. So, Adam, you were there in Fort Worth. Are you a believer now? Jeremy, I think I'm certainly more of a believer uh, than I was before that game kicked off. I, I don't know if he has my name on any of those receipts, but that's literally what he said, Deion Sanders, when he walked into the press conference. I got the receipts, and that was a, a theme that he echoed uh, during that, that media gathering. I was one who thought he undoubtedly improved the team just because it had been so bad. And just by virtue of having a Travis Hunter and a Shadur Sanders and some of these other transfers who came in, they would be better. I did not think they would be good enough to take down a team that played for a national title game last year, albeit a team that lost a lot of good players in TCU. But to go on the road and perform like they did and back up that hype because they'd been the team of the offseason— even in Dion's pregame speech, it wasn't we coming anymore, it's we here. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. We ain't got next. We got now. We ain't coming no more. They have to perform or else it would just increase the, the scrutiny and the laughter and the mockery of what is going on at Colorado. And boy, did they perform. They looked like the better team that was not fluky. Dylan Edwards in at running back. Sador takes a snap, swinging out of the backfield, caught by Dylan, down the sideline, 35, steps out of a tackle, 10, 5, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Colorado. Oh, it's prime time for Colorado football. That's really a testament to the players, but also the coaches for you know putting something together that we really haven't seen before in college football and executing it on a big stage with everyone watching to win their first game. Look, Adam, let's face it. For a long time now, if you're covering college football as you do on a national basis and you're not in Columbus or you're not in Athens or you're not in Tuscaloosa or Baton Rouge, it was kind of a sideshow. But right now, doing what you want to do, you want to be in Boulder, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was one of my first conversations with my editor at ESPN. What's our what's our Dion plan? I mean, do we need to get an Airbnb? Like, do we need to have like a like a bureau? And- right. 
this has been such a big story throughout the entire offseason. And you just wondered, would it continue during the year if the results weren't there? Well, you got one very emphatic result, and it's not going anywhere, the attention on this program and on the head coach. Here we go. After months of anticipation and more than a smidgen of doubt, we all witnessed Coach Prime's debut last Saturday. Deion's own son, Shadur Sanders, lit up the scoreboard at quarterback, and his prize recruit, Travis Hunter, flashed dynamic abilities at both wide receiver and cornerback as Colorado won in exhilarating fashion at TCU, 45-42. So for one week at least, Coach Prime has silenced the skeptics and today, Adam Rittenberg, who's been there in Boulder since the arrival of primetime, tells us if he has become a believer himself or if this was just a case of beginner's luck. I'm Jeremy Schapp. It's Friday, September 8th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion. Drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Adam, going into Saturday, they're in Fort Worth playing a team that, as we said, played in the national championship game earlier this year. They're not just underdogs. They are three touchdown underdogs. This seemed to be a tough spot for Deion Sanders to make his debut as the head coach at Colorado. But what happened? Well, I think what happened is you could see early in the game that they were not intimidated by the moment. And Shadur Sanders, Deion's son, who had a team record 510 passing yards in his debut for Colorado, you said afterward that, like, I don't care about names. I don't fear names because I really don't care. But that's the biggest thing. When you fear names, that's half the battle. You already losing. Dang, we playing TCU. I respect the university. I respect everything about them. But personally, I just never cared about names. He respects TCU. He'll respect the other opponents. But we're not going to be intimidated by really anybody on our schedule. And they didn't play like that. They came out and you know, scored a couple of touchdowns and were leading the game at halftime. And even when they fell behind in the second half, I think they raised three deficits in the second half, they didn't flinch. And so... They believed it early on, but you could see it, and probably TCU could see it more than anyone, that Colorado was up to the challenge very early in this game. This wasn't a situation where 
uh, TCU was up 21 to nothing and let off the gas. This was a game that Colorado controlled and that Colorado deserved to win. When Dion took the job, we all heard what he said about bringing his own luggage and not just any luggage, but Louis Vuitton. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis. The two prime pieces, I guess the the backbone of that luggage set would be his own son, Shadur, whom you mentioned, and Travis Hunter. How would you assess the performance of the marquee players on this Buffalo's roster? Well, those two in particular, just outstanding performances. It will start with Shadur Sanders. Now flushed out to his left, looking downfield, sets his feet, fires it, end zone wide open, touchdown, hawk the horn, Jimmy's in the end zone, and Shadur Sanders now with the third passing touchdown, a strike of 20. Yeah, they came out, Jeremy, you know, with kind of a, a get the ball out quick, not a lot of chunk plays, which is what Sean Lewis, their offensive coordinator, did an outstanding job for this game, I thought. But then you saw the deep balls, and Shadur Sanders was so on point with extending the field and then spreading the ball around. Even some of the incomplete passes were competitive. They were right there to be caught. So I think from a, a, a an opening statement, 38 completions, 510 yards, four touchdowns. But I think what's so amazing is that even though he had that type of performance in his debut, was probably the second most talked about player because of Travis Hunter. We just don't see this very often, Jeremy. It's, it's the Shohei Otani effect in college football when typically you have a guy even if he's capable of, of playing on both sides of the ball he's put on one and kind of told focus on that stay there don't exhaust yourself that's not the approach to Colorado's taking with Travis Hunter who for, for people who don't remember he was the number two overall recruit uh, for ESPN in the 2022 class I believe was set to go to Florida State Deion Sanders flipped him to Jackson State, and obviously now he followed him to Colorado. So Travis Hunter logs 129 total snaps, pretty much plays the entire game as a cornerback and a receiver, has an interception near the goal line to stifle a TCU drive. Morris swings it right side, and it's picked off by Travis Hunter. You have got to be kidding me what I just saw. He's Superman. He's a superhero. He's not human. And then 11 receptions for 119 yards and, you know, had a touchdown catch that was in his his, his mitts and, and, and couldn't corral it. It would have been an incredible play. So those numbers would have been even more uh, remarkable just in a sport where we don't see a guy out there as many plays as Travis Hunter was, mm. both for the offense and the defense. When we talk about a team where there were doubters, there were skeptics, there was a lot of controversy, let's face it, when you have this kind of turnover, something we've never seen before in college football. There were a lot of reasons to, to question what was going on. Now that we've got this sample size and it's just one game, you know, does it seem like the us-against-the-world type thing they can really lean into and continue to lean into? Oh, they're going to lean into it. I mean, that was very, very clear when the head coach walked into the, the, the press conference and just the, the challenging that he was doing of, of seemingly every question, uh, he was asked about um, Shador Sanders and you know, kind of mockingly, yeah, Shador Sanders, who was at Jackson State? Shador Sanders from my HBCU? 
The one that played at Jackson last year? The one that you asked me, why would I give him the starting job? But like, that, that, no, not you. I got receipts. I know who they are. And so he is using that to motivate his team and will continue to do that. Now, I think it'll be harder because they're going to get more accolades and I think they're going to get more respect and, and, and we're talking about them in a very different tone than we were before that TCU game. And I think it's a very easy rallying cry to point out some of the preseason forecasts, how this roster would be one of the worst in the Power Five and how this isn't going to work and it's going to be a mess. Those things went up on the bulletin boards and you know, Deion Sanders is, is a master motivator. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. In a sense, he's going to use one of the, the time-honored traditions of, hey, this person said this about you. you they, they think you're no good. They think we're clowns. Let's go out and show them. And they, they certainly did that in the TCU game. Is an attitude, is a feeling of having been disrespected, having a chip on your shoulder, though, is that a culture? Can you build a culture around that sentiment? And, and what has Dion said about that? Well, it's interesting you mentioned culture, Jeremy, because you know he was asked uh, by our colleague at ESPN, Kyle Bonagura, at, at their preseason media day about culture. And unlike pretty much every coach, at least at the college level and some at the pro level, he said he didn't care about culture. The culture doesn't matter to him. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not welcoming to the word culture. I, that's all I heard when I was at uh, Jackson. Culture, 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 culture. You know, now culture, culture, culture. What in the heck does that mean? He'd been on teams that guys didn't like each other, and they still went out and won championships. It's about amassing talent and having some type of purpose. I think that's what he is very good at: giving the, the team a clear collective goal to chase. But he, he is not going to lean into it has to be about culture and we have to do this to build a strong culture. He went out and built a team in a way that we haven't seen before in college football. And there were a lot of skepticism about the way he went about it and, and the timing, especially doing so much after spring practice. You know, keep in mind that the majority of this team has only been together since the beginning of August. They didn't go through spring ball together. They went through spring ball with a bunch of guys they told after spring ball to basically hop in the transfer portal, and that's what happened. So that's what's kind of so amazing is that they were able to play at a pretty cohesive level. The operation seemed to be uh, uh, you know, smooth, which is always a question when you're talking about a first game and a new coaching staff. And so they got the guys they wanted based on the talent and didn't really care about the culture and the cohesiveness. They just made it work, and it worked, at least for a game. So, Adam, after... That huge win in Texas. The Buffaloes are now ranked number 22. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming after being 1-11 last season. Looking ahead, what do you see for them? Well, you know, Nebraska's up first. And now Colorado can go in with some real evidence that, that they can, you know, win this game and beat their longtime rivals, which you know, still matter a lot to the longtime Colorado fans. So, you know, this win is not going to make the impact that the TCU one did because of what TCU had coming into the season and what they did last season. But it, it, this one matters against Nebraska. Then they have Colorado State, their uh, in-state game that they play almost every year. And then the Pac-12 begins. And the Pac-12 did not lose a game this first weekend. So the Pac-12 is going to be an absolute gauntlet for the Buffaloes, and it begins with a road game against Oregon, 
on September 23rd, followed by a home game against USC and the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, which will be one of the biggest games of this first month of the season. So yeah, September is really, really exciting, and it doesn't let up from there um, just because of how strong the conference is uh, for, for Colorado. So, uh, you know, they passed the first test, but there's a lot more tests to go. All right, Adam, with one test down and more challenges ahead, coming up, we will look back at Deion Sanders' path from two-sports star to football head coach. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You know, Adam, I first got to know Deion Sanders a little bit almost 30 years ago. I was based in Dallas. He was playing for the Cowboys and at that time in his life, he had decided to change his lifestyle. And he really focused a lot on religion. I have this memory, it must have been in like 1997, of going to a, a church in Plano and hearing him preach. And he was becoming a minister. And so we've seen this transformation over the years, this evolution of Dion, in terms of the way that he motivates people, the way that he motivates himself, what's important to him. How would you describe what it's like covering this guy now? It's exciting. You don't know what you're going to get with Deion Sanders. And the amount of media internally and the content that's generated, you know, from his son, Deion Jr., and the well-off media group and, 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 and just Colorado as a whole, I mean, they're, they're, you can see and hear him all the time. And so it's, it's, it's a very different approach for really any college program, but especially for a new team with a, a celebrity coach like this. It's exciting. I mean, and, and, and you know, hearing the way he, he, he addresses the team. We're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to beat them. They just saw the appetizer. You was a little apprehensive. You really didn't know what we had. You really didn't believe. But now you should. You should understand what we got. Everything we need is right in this locker room and right next to you. And it's on you to make up your mind on how you want this story written. You try to picture yourself being in that room as a 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old athlete. It's probably pretty easy to get motivated listening to someone with that type of credibility, but also that type of energy and enthusiasm to be doing this. I mean, let's, let's remember, Deion Sanders doesn't need to be coaching. 
it's not like Deion Sanders is struggling financially or or ha- has to get his celebrity Q rating. I mean, the guy the guy is a legitimate celebrity, and he's choosing to do this and wants to do it at a high level. And I, again, I think the, the 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 motivational part of it is probably the easiest. It just becomes so natural to him. And you mentioned you know, being in a church. I, I think there's a lot of crossover to how he speaks to the team and probably how he uh, was speaking back then, even though he was a much younger man in a different setting. He's had success, you know, with the 49ers winning a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl with the Cowboys the next year, playing in the World Series with the Braves. And there's also been controversy, of course, going all the way back, you know, dumping the bucket of ice water over Tim McCarver's head. Last night, Deion Sanders apparently upset with Tim McCarver's criticisms of his two-sport day last Sunday. Felt like he would gain a measure of revenge by dousing McCarver with four tubs of ice water. And after this confrontation, Tim McCarver confronted Sanders. Leaving Jackson State, the way that he's building the program at Colorado. When Dion talks about what he's doing and what his inspirations are, who he models himself after, what does he say? Well, it was interesting in doing the piece we did for ESPN.com with uh, Kyle Bonagurna and Andrea Adelson. And Andrea actually spoke to Mickey Andrews, who was Deion Sanders' off, uh, defensive coordinator at Florida State, one of the legendary assistants there under longtime coach Bobby Bowden. And I, I, I think you know, Mickey acknowledged this and other people around Deion have acknowledged that his style is a lot like Mickey Andrews. The directness, someone would say it's callous, but like that's that's who Dion took inspiration from as a young player, and I think there's a lot of him in how he's approaching this Colorado team. And 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 I even heard that when I visited with Dion back in February, hearing about his approach to handling players and handling the the program is that there is an old schoolness about him. We think of him with the sound bites and the shades and the music and leaning into social media as this sort of new age coach, but there's a lot of old school elements, a lot of Mickey Andrews in how he's approaching this job. It's kind of a, a fascinating contrast of, of what he went through as a player, trying to apply it, apply it to, to this day and age and, and kind of being unapologetic with that approach. You know, there was a time, right, when universities, which are progressive institutions in some way, very conservative institutions in other ways would be nervous. You know, we're hiring somebody who's controversial, who's telling dozens of our students, we don't have any room for you anymore in this program. What do you think is the level of tolerance, the appetite for controversy at a place like Colorado? Is it all dictated by what the team does on the field? If they can be relevant again in football, when I went out there in the winter and talked to administrators about this, I think that was an important question. Like, like, why do this? Why take this chance? And I think, again, it's circumstantial. It's, it's the fact that Colorado football had, had completely lost its way, was 1-11, and interest was down. And people couldn't even remember the Bill McCartney years and the national championship and, and, and all of that. And so they felt like, what do we have to lose here? Yes, there's risk. There's risk in hiring any coach. We've seen that. We've seen some of these hires blow up in, in, in some, some teams' faces. But 
the 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 potential rewards, and this is obviously well before they played a game, uh, out, outweighed all, all of those uh, potential drawbacks of, of hiring a Deion Sanders. And so they uh, they knew that by hiring him, there'd be more interest, there would be more tickets sold, there'd be more uh, social media impact. Um, their spring game, which had been basically a non-event, became a huge event back in April. Y- trying to get a Colorado ticket now is is very, very difficult, especially after the win over TCU. Just to get into the stadium is 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 going to cost you a lot of money. TCU also interviewed Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was a seriously considered candidate when they were replacing Gary Patterson. TCU was in a different place. They hired Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes made the national championship game in his very first year. So that certainly worked out well for them, but they, they, they were not willing to take that risk like Colorado was. And it probably was going to take a program that was in a, a situation where they had to try something different. They had to try something maybe risky or controversial because of the potential upside. And so far, just seeing Rick George, our athletic director, who was incredibly fired up on the field after the game, other administrators around Colorado, they they are fully on board with this move, understandably, but also recognizing that it is different and you're going to have to be comfortable with your coach going after media members or um, saying things or doing things uh, with his own in- in-house media. It's just a very different feel than most programs. But if you're winning and Colorado hasn't won a whole lot in the last 20 years, none of that other stuff really matters. I spoke with Darian Hagan when I was out in Boulder in February, obviously the quarterback for the national championship team under Bill McCartney. And he saw, he sees a lot of similarities just in terms of the approach and what Colorado can get back to, not just from a winning standpoint, but from a cultural standpoint. Don't say culture. Dion doesn't like culture. Yeah, it, you're in sporting culture. <laughs> That's outside of the program. But, you know, I mean, we, 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 uh, uh, Darian pulled out up a picture of Ice Cube wearing a Colorado hat in, in the early 90s and, and how meaningful that was for him as someone who grew up in L.A. to see what Colorado football could be. That type of impact is going to happen again. I mean, just seeing the fans that were congregated around Colorado's tunnel, waiting for Deion Sanders to come out, trying to to slap his hand on the way in, celebrating long after the game ended, that type of cultural impact is happening. Whether or not it's going to happen in the locker room, I guess it doesn't matter Mm. to Deion Sanders. But the one that he can't control, but I think he's probably happy about, that's already underway with this program. I hate to say this, but Colorado is one of those programs, right, that has a certain ceiling, we think, right, in terms of sustainability of success. And I don't want to, you know, be a downer. I don't want to bring the whole party to a crashing halt. But is there any doubt in anyone's mind that if Deion Sanders continues to have success, that he's going somewhere bigger? Primetime needs the biggest platform possible, right? And that can't be Colorado in the long term. There's certainly a sense that he's not going to be there long term. Now, maybe he will be. He does really genuinely enjoy it there. As a, as a guy who didn't spend much time uh, west of the Mississippi, certainly nowhere near Colorado. I mean, other than the period that he was with the 49ers and the Giants. Oh, did, well, well spe- Dallas is west of the Mississippi. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 
Uh, my geography <laughs> quiz failed that today. But yeah, he really spent no time in the Rockies or on the West Coast other than that one year with the with the 49ers. And so, um, you know, he, he, he enjoys the outdoors. His mother has moved there. He's got his whole family around him. His, his kids are there. So it's, I don't think it's a place that he'd be running away from, but to your point, it, you know, there will be bigger jobs that are available in the next few years and places that now don't have to be the first to assess the risk of hiring Deion Sanders. They may just see what he does to, at Colorado and think, boy, what could he do here when we have a, uh, a bigger platform, more resources, better access to talent, a chance to compete for a national championship? Those schools might be much more willing to come after him. Think about it. Deion Sanders grew up in Florida. He resides primarily in Texas. He spent most of his uh, athletic career in Atlanta. He is a Southern guy. You know, so a, a school in the SEC with the expanded SEC, maybe the ACC that, that, that has an eye on competing for national championships, if they have a coaching vacancy, I think more are going to seriously consider a guy like Deion Sanders. So is he in Colorado for two years, three years? Um, who, who knows? But Colorado certainly, I think, will benefit from as long as he is in place, and then we'll see where he goes next. But other schools that are in those positions in the future, based on his potential success in Colorado, might be willing to pursue him a little bit stronger. So I guess the key question, Adam, it comes back to, are you looking, are you and your editors looking for a place to buy or rent in Boulder? <laughs> I, I, I think the, the, the buying prices are, are pretty high, but uh, I think at least for through the season, we, we, we need to be there. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I've been to Boulder four times and I've still never seen a game. So I, 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 I was telling one of the Colorado administrators that on, on Saturday, I'd love to get to Folsom Field. As you know, it's a really neat place to watch college football and the revival of enthusiasm, you know, amid that backdrop of the of the mountains and the Flatiron Mountains there. It's going to be an incredible scene, obviously, beginning this week with the Nebraska game, but USC and others later in the year. It's definitely a destination on the college football map in 2023. Adam Rittenberg, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Really enjoyed it. I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andre Soto, Andy Tennant, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Deontay Epps and Jackson Agello. We'll talk to you Monday.